right You can bask in their glow Drive that Acura like it's a Benz You've got a millionaire's fear All 40 grand a year You send your own job away Then you cut your own fucking pay You watch a rich man's news You push a rich man's views Oh, you hate the working stiff And his nasty union dues You're listening to the Baltimore Labor Report with your hosts, Jack Powell and Mike Ayers. The opinions and views in this program do not reflect that of the IBW or Local 24. So what do you want to start with tonight? What do you feel like? So I know this is kind of old news, but I found it really interesting that the school bus drivers in like Anne Arundel County and Howard County, it looks like at the end of the year, end of 2021, they were going through some issues. Um, the Anne Arundel County uh, school bus drivers, I think, struck first. They went on strike for, I think, a day. Um, and then not too far after, the Howard County school bus drivers um, went on a half-day strike. And I remember specifically the Howard County one um, because I live in Howard County. And I got an email because I have two young kids, not quite in school yet, but I, I'm signed up, I guess, for their email chain. And it said, expect delays with bus schedule. There's a scheduled sick out that's going to be happening with the bus drivers. We're working on getting it settled. And I remember thinking like, yes, that's awesome. Yeah. But, How long ago was this? Because I, I don't remember hearing about this, but you know, I'm I'm not from the, those counties. But uh, the Howard County one happened uh, November eighth of twenty twenty one. So okay, fairly recent. Yeah, fairly recent. And after they did that, they got five thousand dollar bonuses. That's awesome. <laughs> Which like, I, there's a couple quotes from like the the school bus drivers and i feel so sympathetic for him because like going on strike is like such a gnarly thing and i just imagine the sweetest old lady bus drivers who are like you know pick the kid they probably the intrinsic value of picking up these kids bringing them to and from school and knowing their names right. and then like standing up and being like but I'm not getting paid enough and I'm not going to go do that. (laughs) Like there's a quote. um, uh, The reporter said, in your 49 years, have you ever walked off the job like this? Asked the Fox 45 news reporter, Ali Simpson. Never said Withers. Never. And it's weird. It's very weird. It's very disturbing to me. Have to do something like this. I feel so like connected to that problem. Like, she they're they're the nicest i remember my bus drivers like they were so nice yeah <laughs> just, now was it just over uh money or what did it have to do with like COVID 19 um issues 
I don't know. I I would love to talk to somebody if if you're listening, um, Howard County or Anne Arundel County bus driver, um, to the Baltimore Labor Board. <laughs> We'd love to talk to you about what preceded this and what negotiations are looking like in the future. Because I, the I know the Anne Arundel County school bus drivers voted to unionize. Um, okay. And I think the name of the company was Annapolis Bus Company. So they did vote to unionize. The Annapolis Bus Company is uh, one of 15 companies the school system contracts with transport school students. Now, I, I don't know what their contract looks like or what really drove them. I know this is a quote from Pittman. Um, Stuart Pittman, who is the county executive for Anne Arundel County, Pittman said the school bus drivers are gross, quote, grossly underpaid, <laughs> work long hours and make twenty-five dollars to $28,000 a year based on conversations he's had with several contractor employees. Well, they did get like a $5 raise, right? They did. Um, but I think the Anne Arundel County school bus drivers only got like a $2,000 bonus and i think there's some like retention clause in that where like probably like if you don't do this again for a year we'll give you two thousand dollars or something like that i i I, i'm completely speaking out my ass on that when i have no idea what what it was yeah i mean like a retention clause is you gotta you have to remain working uh, for x amount of days months years whatever that's usually what a retention clause is in the short term, Pittman has suggested using federal funding through the American Rescue Plan, which earmarked $120 million for Anne Arundel County public schools to support reopening amid still ongoing COVID-19 pandemic to increase bus driver pay. Getting that sweet government cheese from old Biden there. Well, that's, I mean, that, well, I mean, that's why that's why I was asking, is it COVID related? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm sure I guess it would have to be if they used that money. Uh, it's hard for anything in any industry not to be COVID related at this point. True. I think. True. So that I think that was an interesting thing that happened. I, I like talking about. That's a local labor dispute. <clears throat> Bus drivers and our our children and schools. I hope they get paid better. You know, that's a. It's funny. What what was the old saying? Like, I don't know if it's even a saying, but I think I might have heard you talking about this. You you don't realize how critical the jobs are, or like, you know, how crucial a position is, like a sanitation worker or a children's school bus driver. You just assume that there's going to be somebody to do that job for no money at all. Right. And then the second they stop. The world is like, why isn't anyone picking up the trash? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's you know, it's that that mentality of you don't see it, you just assume that it's going to get done. And when sanitation workers go on strike and your trash is piling up, and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> you know, but same with bus drivers, you 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 assume you send your kids to school that the bus is going to be running. It's going to pick them up. It's going to drop them off. We've had problems up here. Same thing uh, up where I live. It's uh, they can't get bus drivers to save their life. You know, I, I get messages 
but I was getting messages like two or three times a week saying, oh, you know, your daughter's going to ride and switching buses. She's riding this bus this today and this bus next week. And because they don't have enough drivers, uh, unfortunately, up here, they're not organized and nothing's happening like down in in Arona County. But well, hopefully it's the the bus drivers start unionizing the way Starbucks are, you know, that would be once, awesome, that one, once the one domino falls, they'll all start falling. Yeah. Yeah. So, That'd be awesome. I, I, I don't know if Howard County um, bus drivers are represented represented by a local. That'd be a good thing to find out. But it just, yeah, it, it goes to show you, I think what I was, my thought pattern before was the whole idea of the essential workers. Like, right. You know, they're essential until you start asking for more money. And then it's like, if I'm so essential, I, I've got to be worth at least more money. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, you you do your essential stuff for the 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 pittance that we give you, right? You know, <laughs> there was how many CEO jobs were going into work every day? With right. were they essential? <laughs> right. You know, upper management is that essential? Now, the sanitation workers and the bus drivers and all these other jobs yeah, the, they, the, literally jobs that keep the like infrastructure the... running <laughs> right <laughs> god forbid we pay them anymore uh-uh man yeah. get back to work so uh, uh do you know of any other labor updates as far as uh as far as you know locally i mean we talked about this the starbucks stuff um now in the last episode yeah, nothing new on that. I'm still trying to reach out to some people and talk to them. We did make headway with uh, talking to some of the art workers. Um, we're in talks with scheduling the time to go talk to those union drives. Um, the- yeah, I had a great conversation with Cat uh, from Ask Me um, about the Baltimore Museum of Art and the Walters Art Gallery both uh she she's communications director for ask me and uh hopefully we'll touch base in a couple weeks and have some people to talk to that'd be great man i would love to talk to them about it see where they're at in that drive yeah speaking that to you from the the past at this point um on the fourth is a event for the mica facility um they are hosting a like Get a drink with a MICA staff member. Talk about what it looks like to organize. I'm going to try to make it. So hopefully next episode I'll have some report on that. I think you should try to talk to some people while you're there. I I have to see what my, my schedule is because uh, I think it's a Friday night, right? So I usually got hockey, but mm-hmm. I'll, try to, I'll try to sneak out and head down. I'm going to try making that. I think it would be cool. Um, yeah, that's all the updates i have so far yeah for local stuff yeah there is a little piece of international news if you want to get into that real quick i know um gm workers in mexico they uh will vote on uh deciding which union will represent them they have six thousand five hundred workers and uh i thought that was pretty cool what what does that look like yeah so apparently they've had some problems with the union that they had which was uh ctm 
and uh, there's four four unions that are kind of like uh, in competition to represent them. So they're going to have a vote on to see which one they want to go with. They're trying to cut ties with CTM and two of the the unions that are fighting to represent them have ties to CTM. So they're, they're probably going to go with uh, the National Auto Workers Union. So we'll, I'll keep an eye on it, see what it does. It's a, it's an independent union that grew out of a campaign to help remove the, the previous corrupt union CTM. And they had, you know, the, the National Auto Workers Union, they campaigning on reinstating workers who were fired uh, for refusing overtime and solidarity with striking U.S. GM workers in 2019. So hopefully that National Auto Workers Union, hopefully that's the one that they, they go with and works out better for them. So I'll, I'll try to stay up on that story. Interesting. Yeah. They, they have a lot of stuff going on with that GM plant. Um, it hasn't been all unicorns and rainbows down there so <laughs> good luck to them are the um unions strong down in mexico is that a i don't think so no i honestly i don't know a whole lot about the unions down in mexico this caught my eye this was just this was a, an article that i saw on labor notes uh on january 28th i, I have to find out more about the, you know the unions down there i don't really know too much about them Gotcha. And then since last we talked about the Starbucks thing, there was the one in Baltimore. But I think earlier this week you told me one day there was, what, 16? Yeah, one day, well, I guess it was uh, yesterday, uh, 16 Starbucks stores across the nation filed for union elections. And one, one store went public with their intentions to unionize. So that was, I mean... When you figure that the whole time frame has only been a month and a half since the first store organized until now, I think that's phenomenal. You know, the amount of stores that are coming out in, in favor of the union. So it's phenomenal. I mean, what a, what a domino effect that that's been. I hope, I hope it continues. Yeah. And just as an interesting thing, I heard on another podcast about that, just like, how this intertwines with politics the ceo of starbucks was going to be hillary clinton's running mate yeah the yeah, I, I, I think you were telling me about that before uh, so some of the highest democratic party leaders that would have been are actively union busting yeah <laughs> right well and see this is the well, see, this is the problem. You know, at, at what point do the labor unions, because we, we support the Democrats, and I don't want to get make this all a, a, a big political issue now, but labor unions, not all of them, sometimes they support the Republicans. I know up in Pennsylvania, they're, they're supporting a Republican governor because he's the best fit for them that they think that they can work with on labor issues. But traditionally, the Democrats and the labor unions are like hand in hand because they're going to treat us better than the Republicans do. But at what point do you, you know, you, you, you use all this money and, and resources and it's not 
let me let me make a note here. They don't use dues money or anything like that. Uh, any money comes out of uh, like committees, like uh, not committees, but like they have like packs and stuff like that. Um, that members voluntarily donate to for political use this has nothing to do with any general fund money or any dues money or anything like that commonly cope money is i think what it's called yeah ours is is called cope some some uh have they have like packs and stuff like that um but anyway so uh at what point do you say well you're not doing what we want you to do either this is going back to we need a labor party to help the working class because right now it seems like like you were just mentioning with this guy who was going to be hillary's running mate mm-hmm. he's actively union busting or his corporation is actively union busting how was how would have that helped us if he would have got in so at what point do the do the labor unions say look put up or shut up we're not just going to funnel money into your campaigns anymore you have to you have to do something to get our support you're familiar. And, I, and I'm not saying jump sides to the Republicans because the Republicans are pushing right to work and doing all that. I don't think that's the answer. But we can't just blindly uh, support somebody who has a D after the name just because they have a because it's not an R after their name. You're we have familiar. to. Then, oh, I'm sorry. Go, finish. What no, you're I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. You know that that's we need to form a labor party a workers party, whatever you want to call it, but it needs to be for the working class. We need to have, I don't even know if politicians are the right words, but we need to have some sort of politician that is going to be for the working class and help drive labor forward. Not isn't that the big business. Well, that's what they would want you to believe, but you know, they Republicans and Democrats, they're both wealthy. (laughs) So I read this interesting article the other day by robert reich he was the labor secretary for what clinton yeah the title of his article is want to know why americans are gloomy about the quote best economy since 1984 and we go into some interesting things about starbucks how can it be that the u.s economy grew at fastest pace since 1984 last year according to yesterday's report from the Commerce Department. But most Americans remain gloomy about the economy and blame Biden and the Democrats. The New York Times declares that the cause of the paradox is inflation. Quote, Biden is suffering in the polls as high inflation saps confidence in the economy, even as growth comes in strong. Uh, he goes on and says, rubbish. Americans are gloomy about the common uh, about the economy despite its record growth because most Americans haven't shared in that growth. It's, it's a wonderful art, uh, article and it, it has ties. Uh, I wish I could just read the whole thing um, because he makes such good points and the parallels between the current climate of Starbucks, how they've raked in so much money for the supposed like progressive views and they call their employees partners. Yeah. But yet, but yet now that they're doing a, a progressive move, like organizing in, 
unionizing their stores, they're actively fighting it and saying it's not in your best interest. So it's like put up or shut up time for them. Um, I'll read a little more. uh, Well, yeah, you can't, you can't. And that's, that's so typical though. It's like the image is, is the image is this one thing and then in the reality it's it's completely opposite opposite it's it's a business structure they can call them partners they can hashtag whatever you know in Mm -hmm. support of whatever but when it gets down to the nuts and bolts of it they're just like every other corporation trying to minimize workers uh compensation and increase their profits so if you really want to understand this a good place to begin is with a corporation often considered to be the most socially responsible in the nation starbucks and then he puts uh, a pew survey on when a, where americans would like to live included questions like just for fun would you prefer to live in a place with more mcdonald's or more starbucks among self-described liberals, Starbucks carried the day, 46% to 33%. And while McDonald's won among adults 65 and above, Starbucks had a 13% point edge among 18 to 29-year-olds. But a fun fact, Starbucks isn't socially responsible. Its brand is built on edifice of flux social responsibility. Uh, and then he goes on, Starbucks calls it workers partners but they're not really partners they don't share in the profits between january and september of last year starbucks revenue soared to 29.9 billion dollars compared to 17.3 billion in the same period in 2020 its president chief officer kevin johnson raked in 14 million dollars in total compensation but the current average hourly pay at starbucks is 14 dollars an hour or $28,000 a year, and Starbucks wants to keep the wages in the basement. For years, it's fought frivolously against employee efforts to unionize. Unlike Collectivo, I think that's how you say it. They were organized by the IBEW. Yeah. Where are they out of? I think they're, uh, I think they're in Wisconsin. I don't know if they're national. But I thought that was cool. That is cool. But that that goes back to our conversation we had off air. Oh, yeah. We where do you draw that, that? Where do you draw that line? Yeah. We could dive into some of that if you'd like. Uh, we should probably leave that alone. <laughs> Wait till we get it sorted out first. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about it after we get after we get some information. So this uh, uh I hope I'm not just like plagiarizing this guy Robert's article here. Well, you're not plagiarizing because you're not saying that it's your words. You you quoted him. You you said it was him. I think you're fine. So he, with all that said about Starbucks, he makes this comparison to the current Biden administration. Starbucks progressive branding has helped it sell lots of coffee, yet Starbucks faces a growing dilemma not unlike the dilemma facing the Biden and the Democrats, Starbucks young progressive baristas are no longer willing to tolerate Starbucks hypocrisy. Since two Starbucks stores voted to unionize in late August, workers in a dozen other Starbucks stores across the country have filed petitions for elections. Starbucks can't have it both ways, promoting itself as a face of social responsibility capitalism 
while treating its workers like shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the nail on the head. I, his writing's so good, man, and like it, the the parallels, and he's he goes on further in the article, you know, talking about the parallels of how the current administration ran on these like progressive ideals, and now like we're not getting as much. I mean, I want to stay away from politics, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> I wanna, I, I, unless it had, you know, directly. Well, I mean, see, it's it's so hard because it is directly involved with the labor movement. So what they say, like you can't you can't not talk about it. Yeah. What do they say? I, I don't want to talk about politics or something like that. And they're like, well, politicians like to you know talk about how much you pay in rent and yeah. know, child care and schooling so and, and i don't think it's anything wrong with calling a spade a spade i mean if if you're doing something to to help further the labor movement but if you're not you should be called out for it yeah for sure like the uh the guy the ceo of starbucks <laughs> right i mean you can't you can't campaign and when progressive policies and then try to break every union that pops up in your organization. I mean, we could talk about this all night, um, but we'll move on to something else. Do you have that uh, Wisconsin article with the nurses? Yeah, here it is. A bizarre Wisconsin hospital lawsuit shows how COVID-19 changed the balance of power for medical workers. This is by Vox. The hospital argued that because the pandemic had created a shortage of healthcare workers, it needed the court to block the employees from leaving at least until they were able to come up with staffing a staffing plan. As medical workers burn out, isolate due to COVID-19 and leave for other professions, the ensuring staffing shortage has gotten so severe that Theta Care turned to the courts to try to fix it. It was striking example of how the pandemic. It was a striking example of how the pandemic has turned the healthcare labor market upside down, putting nurses, doctors in higher demand than ever. Even as it must face through grueling working conditions of the career, the workers of at the hot, the workers in the hospital that hired them, um, in Northwest. Uh, Wisconsin countered that Theta Care could have matched the author offers made by I don't even know how to say this Acedian, but didn't by declining to match and then failing to come up with a plan before the workers were set to leave. They argued Theta Care was attempting to punish the workers for its own short sightedness. And I love what they so when they said they were going to resign, and then they they uh. <laughs> and uh, the quote is the long-term expense to Theta Care was not worth the short-term cost. So they, they tried to say, Hey, look, we're getting a better offer somewhere. And the hospital said, yeah, well, it's not worth our time. And then, then, then they got their panties in a bunch and tried to sue them. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So, they tried to sue them to continue to, continue work, to there work there. Right. So they couldn't for the pay. lower wages. Right. And the important distinction here is they were under no contract. They were at will workers. Yeah. And th that's um, the big part of it. It's like, what is going on? 
Okay, so we'll we'll continue with the article because it, it gets better read a little ahead. It appeared for the moment that Theta Care's gamut might work. A local judge granted temporary injunction, but the judge changed, of course, uh, a few days and lifted the order, allowing the workers, members, and the interventional radiology and uh, cardiovascular team to start working at their new employer. I I just it it is so bizarre to me that they were like the the judge at first was like yes that you guys can't leave this at will job <laughs> because the employer says they don't have replacements that's unheard of it, it is so crazy that they will then turn to the courts to try to get an injunction on worker like is this that free market we've been hearing all about? Like the, free, you know, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I can't even, I can't even get my head around it. It's, it's so absurd. Okay, we'll go on. It was all bizarre. I talked to several healthcare economics uh, economists. I'm sorry, and none of them could remember a situation which one hospital had sued another to prevent their employees from leaving. It runs in counter to the way the U.S. has set up its healthcare system, which is a for-profit industry, right? Right. right. <laughs> which largely treats medical workers as free agents, able to pick up uh, where they will work. If anything, before the pandemic, the opposite have happened. <laughs> Nurses had sued hospitals, arguing they were colluding to <laughs> depress wages. <laughs> so they can't have it either way. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> we they they depress their wages and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we can't we can't pay you anymore. And they're like, okay, we're leaving. And they're like, well, you can't do that either, because if you do that, we're gonna sue you. What a bizarre like news story to come out. And I don't know much about Wisconsin, but it seems like they've been in the news quite a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. What's in the water up there? All right. <laughs> yeah, th this was this was by far the the most bizarre thing that I've ever read. <laughs> I, I can you imagine like working in a restaurant or something <laughs> right. like No, uh, you can't leave. Uh, well, what do you mean? Well, you can't. I have to find somebody to replace you. And you well, know how hard it is to find people to work right now. You know, this the, there's a labor shortage, haven't you heard? <laughs> Jeez. And, and I just think what takes the piss out of it is when they went to him and they said, here's our counter offer. And they were like, no, oh, no, no, we're not going to do that. But you can't leave anyway. But we're not going to count. It could have all been avoided if they were just like, OK, we'll pay you whatever that counter offer is like <laughs> that to have the gall to say, no, we won't match what someone else is offering you. I'm going to turn to a court. A right, we're going to keep you here. At, you know, to try to slave sue wages you at, to yeah. continue to work for me at whatever wage I want it to be. <laughs> That's that free market capitalism for you. <laughs> this is Lord and Surf all over again. <laughs> right, can't leave the kingdom. <laughs> I mean, how uh, uh, how bizarre! What what a weird story. And then it goes into some COVID stuff. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they, they were 
concerns of COVID. It was also wages and it was also uh, hours. Going to the other hospital, they could make more money for less hours and spend more time with their families. Who wouldn't do that? <laughs> not if you're not not if they're, they're not set up to hire other people to do this job i mean I, I i follow some nurses online and it's a huge marketplace for labor being a traveling nurse like i i don't know where i read this but i i'm fairly certain there's like certain places in the united states and like i think maryland was one of them where like really skilled nurses were getting poached for other states because the per diems and pay wages were like through the roof. Like, like they were like, we have an epic problem here. We will pay whatever it'll take. And then there's the same way in our industry, how there's travelers who yeah. chase like overtime or, or whatever the case may be, the pay rate. Um, nurses do the same thing. They, they would travel to different hospitals with their accreditations and and go it, it it's uh and it it makes for a point of contention within the own your own hospital i believe like i would love to talk to somebody about this but from what i heard it's like you know there could be an out-of-town nurse next to you making a lot more money because of the demand and then you continue to get paid not as much as that the offer is yeah right yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's on a ton. Like all the news organizations picked it up. It looks like New York Times judge lifts order preventing Wisconsin workers from starting new jobs. I just... <laughs> a hospital system sought to temporarily prevent seven employees from leaving their jobs. <laughs> yeah, and they they did like a mass resignation too. Like all seven of them like resigned. I don't know if they signed the same letter. You know, let me put like one letter in and resigned, or if it was just a concerted effort that everybody did it at the same time. But still, didn't know you were held hostage. <laughs> yeah, and the company they wanted to go into, here you go, um, said that the statement before Monday's hearing that ThetaCare had an opportunity but declined to make competitive counteroffers to retain former employees. <laughs> yeah that's what i was saying <laughs> they they came to him with counters and and the hospital said no there was a long bit on that uh show i listened to um chapo trap house shout out to those guys they're they're pretty funny if you've never listened to that show they did a whole bit on this and they're the ones that brought up the serfdom thing and like exactly where your mind went which is hilarious um yeah, I have to give them a listen. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. They're, they're sound like my stuff. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a little more raunchy than I, I plan <laughs> to get on here. But another interesting story: workers at an Amazon warehouse in Staten Island have shown enough support to hold a union election. The National Labor Relations Board confirmed on Wednesday the facility known as JFK Eight to garner at least thirty percent of workers in support of unionizing. So that means there's two union drives at Amazon Zone. You got the Bessemer, Alabama revote, and now mm -hmm. you have the Staten Island one. Is it the Staten Island one? This is where that guy was fired and then reinstated, right? You know, I'm not 100% sure. I know he was from New York. 
but I don't know exactly where he was working at. This is great. So this effort is long time coming with workers in Staten Island located location alleging that the e-commerce giant illegally fired a union organizer. This is the same guy. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Daquan Smith, uh, Bloomberg News reports the NLRB agreed the investigation into the complaint found that Amazon consultant claimed that it would fix the issues if they opposed unionization, questioned workers involved with the labor union and called union organizers, quote, thugs. <laughs> Good old union thugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's common up in uh, upstate New York, I guess. <laughs> well, it's common everywhere. <laughs> At least it should be. <laughs> I remember reading about this story. Well, that's good that they have the, yep, Bassmer, Alabama workers are similarly fighting for increased worker protections. So I, I think I read somewhere that the new election down in Bessemer, they have like 50% turnover rate since the first election. So there's like half new people. So this was an amazon union busting training video uh this is part of like the captive audience meetings that the pro act would really change <clears throat> because if you're an employee at amazon not only do you probably have to do like captive audience meetings where they will literally schedule time where you get paid to listen to people to like union bust and tell you all the benefits of the direct relation with the employee to the employer um, and why unions are bad on top of that they do training videos that are part of requirement for employment um, and this is one of the videos uh, you're going to hear the audio but it's really easy to find all as you search is amazon union busting training videos and i'm going to go ahead and start now welcome we're excited to have you at this training specifically designed to give you the tools that you need for success when it comes to labor organizing. During this course, we'll cover several important topics, such as our position on unions, associate rights, signs of employee disengagement, and how to identify... What is employment? Uh, employee disengagement? I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is that I don't like talking to my employer? <laughs> About, about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to look that up. Maybe the video will explain further on what uh, employee disengagement is. Identify, escalate, and address associate concerns. We are not anti union, but we are not neutral either. <laughs> we're not anti union, but we're not neutral either. Does that so mean that you're mean, pro union? <laughs> that, that's what that should mean, but. That's not what that means. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there a point between neutral and anti? <laughs> That's like, look, I'm not I'm not neutral. I, I'm not in love with the idea of a union, but like I'm not anti. Like if you, you could do it if you want, um, but we're not gonna help you with it. I guess this is what they put out when Alabama was trying to organize i think this is like part of the or just uh, just when you're new hire training yeah, right right all right here we go 
We will boldly defend our direct relationship with associates as best for the associate, the business, and our shareholders. We do not believe unions are in the best interest of our customers, our shareholders, or most importantly, our associates. Our Definitely business model is built the upon best interest of your fucking shareholders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the least amount of money for labor would be best for shareholders. Oh, why why even like pretend and add that category into a video like this right <laughs> like like if this was a video that was like invest in amazon <laughs> that'd be one thing but like <laughs> as an employee like uh the unions aren't good for shareholders no shit <laughs> on speed innovation and customer obsession things that are generally not associated with unions also, have you noticed in there the business model? Is it anything about you know the employee? Yeah. <laughs> and I like that they put that little dig in there too, like speed. You know, things not associated with a union, and they they put that you know speed in there, motherfuckers. When we lose sight of those critical focus areas, we jeopardize everyone's job security. We don't badmouth unions in general, but we will speak openly with associates about unions, including any specific concerns about particular unions involved in organizing. And we share our preference for a direct working relationship frequently and boldly, even when no organizing activity has occurred. You will learn about... So, like, <laughs> that, 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 that must be the line. We're not anti-union, but we're boldly going to share our position on how we do not like to have to talk to anyone else besides you. But if you, if you listen to what they said, they said, even if there was no active organizing going on. So they're clearly allowed to talk about anti-union bullshit. But the first time you start talking about a union, you're fucking out on your ass. <laughs> right. Well, that's illegal. You know that, and I know that. Right, right. Amazon knows that, but they still do it. Right. All right. Let's see what else they have to say here. About the warning signs most commonly associated with early union organizing, as well. The warning signs. <laughs> the language here is just the best. I love it. Those other warning signs that could indicate associate disengagement, vulnerability to organizing, or early organizing activity. So employee disengagement must mean if you're, if you're, I guess from my understanding is you're not happy and you want to organize. That's employee disengagement. Interesting. Interesting. And like vulnerable to organizing. Right. <laughs> If 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 You're that being was brainwashed, that, if it was easy enough for people being vulnerable to organizing, it would be working at a fucking Amazon warehouse. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty like status quo, for, right? While employees have the right to organize, we have a right and responsibility to share our position that a direct working relationship is better for the customer, the company, and the associate. In order to be able to do that effectively, it is critical that we recognize the early warning signs of potential organizing and escalate concerns promptly. If you see warning signs of potential organizing, notify your building HRM and GM site leader immediately. Niches get stitches. <laughs> it, 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 it's almost like, you know, someone's stealing from the company. Like you need to, to <laughs> alert someone immediately. 
(laughs) If someone says the word union, you need to let us know as soon as possible. Snitch. (laughs) HRMs and GM site leaders should notify their assigned ER managers or ER principal immediately. The most obvious signs would include use of words associated with unions or union-led movements like living wage or steward. Petitions or... If if any, do I even need to say this? Oh like, my god! If anyone that you work with says the word "living wage," you need to uh, you need to let someone know because an alarm goes off in Bezos' fucking office. Listen, living wage, living wage. It, it, right, like these are common words that are associated with unions. Uh, a, a livable wage. We we here at Amazon. We don't believe in saying the word livable wage. We don't believe in a living wage. No. At all. Aren't you happy with the money that we give you? You should be lucky that we're giving you that money. So, like, like, how dense do you have to be to say this to somebody? (laughs) These are union words, living wage, grievance, contract. Right, let's see let's see some other great ones. Or other concerted activity, such as an associate purporting to speak on behalf of his or her co-workers when raising concerns. Union graffiti, union t-shirts, hats, jackets, or other clothing, union flyers, and union visitors in or near the parking lot. So all that is completely legal underneath the current system we have right now. That is not illegal to do. Right, and if they get fired for that, they are they will be fined, and like that's why they they say all this because you can wear pro union sh- shit at work, and they're banking on people not knowing and and getting scared to do for, it. Right. So those are the reasons they hit on all this. Like, this is and, why it's, this is why it's important to educate. Pro. Uh, also, pro-union graffiti. What do you what do you think that looks like? Uh, well, they, they can't be writing stuff in the bathrooms because they're not allowed to go to the bathroom in them. I'm sure it says like livable wage or something. <laughs> <laughs> livable wage, not here. Right. Some signs are less obvious than finding the actual union flyer, but they can still indicate associate disengagement which is itself a warning sign for potential organizing. Examples include associates who normally aren't connected to each other suddenly hanging out together. Associates who are close. God forbid you meet people. It's your place of business that you spend half your fucking life at. Yeah, that's like, you know, Gerald in packing would have never talked to Cynthia in receiving like <laughs> right like that that is unusual <laughs> they are so far apart from each other <laughs> but you know every every store has one of these you know we're taking a piss out of Amazon because that's what we're talking about now but mm. every store no doubt. Target has this Walmart has this when my daughter went to, she just started working at Food Lion, and I, I tried to tell her, you know, they're going to sit down, 
they're going to sit you down. They're going to give you this anti-union spiel. And she's like rolling her eyes. She's like, dad, everybody's not anti-union this, anti-union that. And then when she came home from her, you know, her first orientation, she was like, oh, my God, you were right. <laughs> they're like, we know who his daughter is. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's the one you need to target. <laughs> Have you heard this guy? We hear he's ha- he's going to have a podcast about <laughs> labor. They're going to talk about us. <laughs> they all do. I remember doing one when I worked at Circuit City years ago. I remember doing one of these training videos where they were talking about anti-union shit. And, and at the time, I'm like, whatever, click. I was just trying to get through this stupid yeah. like, video to like, you know what's the answer unions are bad click okay whatever <laughs> give me my nine dollars an hour you're right let's, let's see what else they have to say suddenly stop speaking to each other groups of associates scatter when approached by management increased associate negativity anger or confrontation unusual complaints or change in passion or detail around complaints unusual interest in policies benefits employee lists or other company information or any other associate behavior that is out of character for example an associate who normally leaves promptly begins hanging out in the break room for an hour after work each day in order to recognize warning signs it is critical that you know what an associate's normal behavior looks like often it is the change in behavior that is the warning sign more than the normal behavior put shit in boxes and leave that's and some cook. crazy, like, psychopath shit, man. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> now you're, like, watching and, like, oh, man, what the? That's, that's, yeah. I don't even have, I don't even have words to say about that. That's fucked up. It's good. Like, it's analyzing good. people's every move. Jesus well, Christ. That was the big thing in Bessemer. <clears throat> the the reason that the NL, NLRB ruled in the favor of the the union is because they installed that um that uh mailbox right outside the amazon facility that was like vote here yeah and they were like the amount of data they collect from you putting like shit in boxes in the warehouse they were like of course people were terrified that they had cameras out there seeing who put ballots in there and like all above it it was like vote no i think or like there was like a ton of shit about it. I, I can attest that it, I've seen that stuff in an Amazon. Well, I mean, the only thing you can hope for is that these new people coming in are pro-union. Hopefully they're salts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> people know what that is? <laughs> no, I think it's good. Uh, I, I'm hoping Alabama goes in their favor this time and then i hope staten island follows and then just like starbucks hopefully they just you know one after another they start popping up with these you know petitions to to organize i mean there's already words on the street that another staten island warehouse is uh petitioning already ld ldj5 i heard is uh petitioning so i mean hopefully that's true and uh hopefully it works out Uh, we'll see we're coming up on the end of the time here though so we should probably wrap it up just want to thank you for listening to this week's edition of the baltimore labor report with your host jack Powell, me mike ayers 
We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into what's happening in the labor movement in the Baltimore area. And please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And make sure you like and follow us on social media at Baltimore Labor Report. You can contact us through our email at baltimorelaborreport at gmail.com. And please support the Baltimore Labor Report on our Patreon. Be sure to tune in next week for more Baltimore area labor news. And remember, an injury to one is an injury to all. Thanks for listening. America, we've been asleep too long. Feel the holes, close the loops, right the wrongs now. Corporations, they pay no taxes. We're losing jobs while their profits be 